Morning. Morning. Are we awake? Let's try this one more time now that we've had a loud noise in our ears. Good morning. Good morning. All right. That's what it should sound like with free coffee in the morning. That's, that's good. Well, I'm Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. We're excited to have you this morning. Uh, we're excited to just give an update of what's going on and hear from God today. I uh, see. So I'll first give a little update from, from my week, and then we may give a few updates and stuff going on in the church. I, uh, we recently bought a house a couple months ago, so I've been working a lot on that. So I'll give a little update. I think I've been learning a little bit about some of God's principles and, and how they work out. There's a verse in Genesis I understand much better now after trying to redo my lawn and put in a sprinkler system. Um, in Genesis, after the fall, in uh, Genesis 3, it says, And he said to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I have commanded you, saying, You shall eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. I've been learning about that toiling thing. Tilling is a lot like toiling, I'm going to tell you. But it's been good. It's been a lot of hard work. I think uh, growing and, and how to work a little harder. I... I work full-time long as being a pastor, so I do computer work. I think it's made me soft, so doing a little more work in the lawn is good for me to learn how to use a shovel again and uh, get out there. That's been good. So, anyway, um, well, why don't we pray, and then I'll give a few updates and stuff going on in the church, and then just a few thoughts from the Word, and we'll call it a day. So why don't we pray together. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you... Just for this time together, we thank you that you sent your son and died. God, you called us each as your son or daughter, and we're thankful for that. And we're thankful for this church. We pray you'd speak to us today from your word. We just praise you for how you've been at work, and even as we give an account of some of the things we're doing, we just praise you that you've been answering so many prayers, and praise you for our team in Asia. We praise you for the building and what's going on there, and um, and just speak to us and. God, really convict us of things you want us to grow in. Amen. Well, the first thing, uh, how do you know? We have a team that's out in Asia on a mission trip. And so we're trying to figure out this schedule of what day it is here versus what day it is there. Um, I, we have a prayer list of things to pray for every day, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out when those things match up. But a little update. Um, Rita Bergen is the wife of is it Mike Bergen. He's a pastor in, in Missouri. And he, he's one of the other pastors. Is, him and Rich are both kind of leading the team. And so he's been sending some updates back to the states and emailing out. But we've been getting a few of those. Um, they did make it safely, obviously, into to Hong Kong. And we got an update that the first night in, they actually got on the roof of a YMCA in downtown Hong Kong and did a prayer meeting just to pray for, pray for the city, pray for the country, just pray for what God's doing over there as far as the gospel advancing. And on Sunday, which was now yesterday for them, they took a train into the mainland. So I think it's about 1 a.m. there is what Sarah's deducing for me by her math skills. So it's what we're going by. So they're now in the mainland and 
tomorrow morning they're going to start doing some camps for kids and I think specifically doing some stuff with going to American holidays focusing on Christmas and Easter to show the gospel so it's a little way of I know they're really interested in the American culture so it's a way of bringing forth some of our cultural things but specifically some of the things that relate to the gospel so you can keep praying for them they're um, they're hanging in there and have made it safely so there's some answered prayer right there um, on the home front last week if you were with us we did a groundbreaking over at, at the building we were looking at renovating so that was exciting I've never seen a golden shovel before but we'll now have one up on the wall eventually Lord willing so we broke the ground and uh, a little update from the week Tuesday night we were trying to get together to sign all the papers and so we had a pastor's meeting and we had Greg and we were trying to get through all these paperwork and we figured out Tuesday night that they needed to be notarized so we're sitting in a village inn it's about 1900 so 7 at night and we're trying to figure out how to find a notary some of the banks open or post offices so and Rich was leaving roughly the next day so we, uh, we started calling through the phone book and calling contacts I learned that my mother-in-law is a notary but she's a little far away so we decided against that and we called through some businesses and we found a guy that runs kind of a uh, on the side business to go around and notarize things so we met him we met him at a what was it an Arby's out in Aurora and um, notarized some documents but we have now signed everything on our end uh, so we signed uh, with the contractor we signed a lease with the building owner and so we've given those to Greg and Samuel Engineering to try to coordinate with the other parties I think uh, Mr. Peavy, the landlord, is out of town until Tuesday or Wednesday. So that will get signed, and the contractor is itching to go as soon as we can get signed and in there. So Lord willing, we're just a few weeks off of the contractor starting to get things done around there. So that's exciting. God's answering a lot of prayers. It's exciting to see him work there. And we were thinking back, it's now been over a year ago that we decided to go forward with it. So it was obviously a slower process than some of us might have imagined, but God's been faithful, I think, in his timing to bring forward when to start work on this. And we're excited to get the contractor in there and, and us in there in upcoming weeks to start to work. So what about you? But I had enough talking about it. I want to start swinging some hammers. So we're, we're getting close. So that's exciting. All right. Well, that's it on the update front. So I might just get into the message a little bit. Um, some things I've been chewing on. We went to a pastor's conference a few weeks ago, and um, there were some, some things I was encouraged in and I've just been praying about a few weeks that I just thought I'd share with you. We're loosely in a series Rich taught last week um, just about some of the, the mission of our church, um, just the, the vision that we want to win the lost, we want to win people that aren't in church now to Christ, that they become believers and disciples, that we want to build them up. We want to teach them to obey all that Christ has commanded. And then ultimately we want to send them out. Uh, we're a church that's part of a movement that likes to be on the move and start churches, whether it's overseas or in America. And that's our vision as a firehouse, is not to get comfy and big here, but to to win people and build them up so that we can send them out and we can take teams and that's something we're praying about and even what this building trying to do together and I'm going to fill in just a couple things along those lines that I think are going to be critical if we're going to carry out that mission that Rich was talking about last week 
just of that wind build send mentality. Uh, just some things at the pastors' conference I was encouraged with, and I've just been chewing on, like I said. Um, and one thing, obviously, if we're going to keep keep winning, we keep building, and we're going to keep sending. Um, I was really encouraged that God's put it in our mission that we need to reach the youth. We need to reach the next generation. Um, I'm going to read out of a different translation, but if you want to turn your Bible to Psalm 78, I'm going to read a little bit there. Uh, Mark Darling talked about this some at the pastor's conference, and I've just been looking at some scripture on this, and something I just wanted to talk about. But Psalm 78, I don't have a house Bible with me, so I don't know a page number offhand. What was that? 580. So in Psalm 78, I'm going to read a few verses here, starting in verse 2. It might sound a little different, but you should get a similar idea in your Bible. It says, For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and know, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children, but will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. We will tell of his power and of the miracles he did. For he issued his decree to Jacob. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, but they in turn might teach their children. So each generation can set its hope anew on God, remembering his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. God gives his people a command here, or a principle, to pass on what he's given them, pass on the knowledge of him, pass on what they know about his faithfulness, about his character, about his power to their children. It says so that they in turn might teach their children so that the faith might continue and be continually passed on to the children. Um, as a church in a whole in America, that's not going so hot. Um, I know Mark at the pastor's conference shared some statistics about kind of where we're at right now. Um, by and large, we're losing our youth. We're losing young people that are now outside of the church. Um, if you look at the statistics of roughly the age bracket of a lot of people in this room, about 18 to 30 or 35, somewhere in there, um, one of the statistics he shared that some studies were done, that some people on a low side would estimate that only 4% of people in that age bracket um, or believe in Christ or disciple and are regularly attending a church and really involved in the mission. 4%. You know, the church on a whole is just getting older. You know, the average age in the church is just going up because the young people aren't being brought in. Um, and that's a concern um, for the church as a whole to be multiplying in that vision, to be continually reaching people. It needs to be multiplying in younger people. That's something I've been just kind of chewing on in the last few weeks. Um, I've been chewing on how we're doing as a church and just kind of burdened of how are we doing on passing on to another generation uh, what God's given us? How are we doing in 
um, continually multiplying so that we have a, a regenerating church of believers and disciples. Um, here's something I was thinking about. We're going to do a little, a little experiment. I don't know exactly what the results got out, but we're going to do a little hand raising for people to, to take part in this. But first, I want you to, to raise your hand if you're involved with one of our churches, not just a firehouse, but a Great Commission church while you were in college. Here, raise your hand. Most of you. All right, why don't you raise your hand if you were uh, at the firehouse while you were in college? A good number of people, but it's getting less. Why don't you raise your hand if you're in college right now? of you, it's getting less. Why don't you raise your hand if you'll be in college in two years still? <laughs> this college takes a while, huh? I didn't count on that in my example. How about four years? Some of you still planning then? Yeah. <laughs> One of you, all right. I took, well, I took somewhere between six and seven and a half years to do college myself so I can understand. I think you can understand my point is that a lot of us came and started this church or were part of an infusion project to help start it while we were in college. And, you know, naturally, all of us are going to get older. And it concerns me just to think that, um, you know, as of now, we have a few people. I think we have roughly four or five people here that are in college and in the dorms on campus in Denver. And that's exciting to have some people in college, but I'm burdened that unless God moves, that won't be a population in the dorms in two years. Um, You know, one thing I think, when we started this church, I know I did, when we came down here for infusion, I was still finishing college on year whatever that was. I was in my last semester, six or seven or so. And in some ways, I think we were a group of college students. We were excited but we took for granted that a lot of us were in college. I think that's, a, that's an age bracket where God's traditionally done a lot in our church and a lot of movements and um, campus crusades. A lot of people just see a lot of fruit happen on campuses. And I've just been burdened. That's maybe something that we didn't think that much about. How are we going to stay on campus? How are we going to be there? Um, But I'm convinced that as a church we need to keep a presence on campus. So, I don't know, I'm just sharing with you one thing that's been on my heart is that I've just been praying a lot for you guys in school that um, God would make you each fruitful in reaching people younger than you, people that are coming up behind you on campus. I was thinking about, you know, it's, it's a conviction of ours that it's a wonderful thing to have a ministry on campus reaching students. There's a lot of students that are, are searching. There's a lot of students that are looking, looking for answers. And the answer ultimately they need is Christ. And I've just been burdened a lot to pray about um, what are we doing to keep passing that on. Um, and I might just share that this morning, but I'd just be, if you're on campus particularly, just praying about, um, you know, God, what can I do to pass on what I have to someone that's a freshman next year? How am I going to pass that on to someone that's going to carry that legacy on of making disciples in the dorms? I think that's for all of us. I specifically think of that college age because it's one we're seeing now. But in general, I think God wants us to reach the next generation. 
Um, you know, it very well may be that the most important people to what we want to do in the next 20 and 30 years are in diapers right now in this room. It may be that uh, to do what God really wants us to do as a church, we need to be passing on what God's given us to our children. Uh, we need to be winning with our kids that they're not just sticking around until they're 18, but that they're, uh, they're disciples. They're ones that are carrying on this mission, that they are the next generation that's on our campuses winning. And um, you may just keep that in, in your prayer life. I think especially parents, there's a lot to be burdened about there, about how are we passing that on to our kids, how are we raising them up to be disciples, and, and with students, of how are we passing that on. And really with all of us, I think you know, it's on my heart that I can't just keep reaching people my age if we're going to multiply, but go younger. So that was just the first thing I wanted to share on, that if we're going to send people out, we need to keep... Keep it in our heart and in our prayers to reach another generation with the gospel. Um, I was kind of thinking about maybe what else to share, and I had a few other things from the pastor's conference. And at some point, it's good to share what I learned at a pastor's conference, and I didn't want to share too much of what was on other men's hearts. So last night, I was thinking about what else I could share, and I went on a prayer walk and said, God, I'm going to come back when I have a message. So I was out praying a while. Came back somewhere around bedtime. But um, funny enough, I came back and I was burdened about prayer. Funny how that might happen. But I just wanted to tell you a few things God's been teaching me about prayer in the last couple of weeks and burdening me on there. Um, and this relates somewhat to what Rich was talking about last week. Um, in Acts 2.42 was one of the verses he shared last week. It talks about how the early disciples were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. They were devoting themselves to prayer. And I was encouraged that God wants us to be people like that too. Rich shared that we need to be devoting ourselves to prayer about this mission. And um, a verse I read this week just out of the one year Bible it was in Psalm 5 verse 3 is something I've been praying about this week it says in the morning O Lord you will hear my voice in the morning I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch and I've just been encouraged about uh, just our prayer life as a church our prayer life my prayer life I think um just soberly looking at it, I think there was times I was more encouraged and more faithful and, and running harder in my prayer life than today possibly. And I think God was encouraging me in a lot of ways to get back to that. Um, there's a few things even in that verse I was encouraged about. Um, I like that it says in the morning, I will order my prayers to you and eagerly watch. There's something about getting up in the morning and, and devoting our day to God. I was encouraged to, to find some ways to pray in the morning and um, this set out what God wants us to do early. I also, I also like the thought that it says, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Um, it's, it's good to pray whatever God puts in our heart, but I, I like that thought to order our prayers. Um, God has a lot of things He wants us to be faithful in praying over a long term. I think... One thing that's on my heart specifically is God cares a lot about His people, I know. Um, something I did in the past, and I think I might be encouraged to start doing again, is that at one point I just wrote down the name of, I was 
not a pastor, I think I was just leading a small group, but I wrote down every name of my small group and I said, I'm going to pray for them once a week and just start praying through it. There was an order. I was praying through everyone and they got prayed for and, and eventually as maybe responsibility grew, I just started praying for everyone in the church once a week and um, there was very specific things I was getting back to, going through lists and praying every week and being faithful with and I think God is encouraging me to just be picking that up again, to be growing in prayer. I think He wants us to be um, praying and things. I think I've been I've been encouraged about our, our Sunday meetings. It's good to pray together. If you've been with us, you know we pray together at uh, times at eight forty five and get a prayer meeting together. It's good to, to pray with the saints. I think um, something I was convicted about. Um, if you want to turn to Matthew six real quick. Can someone hand me a house Bible? If I have one up here. Thank you. This is something I was just thinking about. It's good to to be together and and to pray um, as a group on Sunday morning, but... There's more to our prayer lives than what we're doing in public together. Um, I was just thinking about this verse earlier this week. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 5. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. a wonderful thing we're commanded to get together and to pray together Um, the early church did that God commanded us to do that and that's a good thing of obedience but I think I've definitely had a lot of weeks where I acted like the Pharisees that it talks about here it says do not just pray to be seen by men in an outward display they were corrected because um, they would go into the synagogues into the, the public gathering place and they would pray very loud where people could see them but there wasn't a lot of substance behind their prayer uh, privately. And I think even, I, you know, we switch between the pastors and who leads the prayer meeting, but I was, I've been corrected before on this just by God's Spirit because I feel like there's been some weeks where I didn't really pray a lot in the week and I came into a prayer meeting Sunday and was leading in prayer and in some ways I felt like I was putting on a show of my prayer life beyond what was going on in the week. And I was just encouraged that um, God wants us that, that to be an overflow of what our prayer life is like the rest of the week. Um, just a few things to think about. Um, it's easy to come together on a Sunday morning and, and get together as a group and be, and be passionate and, uh, and pray about those things. But are we passionate alone like we are when we're praying with 30 people? And do we spend time at it, at it alone? Um, are we desperate in our prayers when we're alone just praying with God? Was it just when we're together in a group? I think sometimes I've been guilty of all three of those things, of having one thing. It can be like one thing on Sunday, but my prayer times are kind of dry at home. Um, God's convicting me lately to just get back to praying more, um, to be faithful in my prayer times at home. Um, and then the overflow of that is that we're going to pray with more faith when we're together. We're going to pray with more conviction when we're together. Um, 
one thing I was thinking about as a church um, it's not going to sound like a lot of time but um, can we commit to being faithful with just 15 minutes of prayer a day it's not a lot of time but in the same token I think it might be gross from some days where I've been some days I can get a long prayer time and sometimes nothing but I think as a church could we convict I'm sorry could we yeah, just commit to doing that 15 minutes each day Maybe some of you are already doing that. Maybe for some of you that's a conviction that we're not spending 15 minutes on that. I think I've had days that are either. Um, I don't know if there's something in particular about how much time we spend. It's just building habits of being men and women in prayer. Um, I was thinking of Dawson Trotman. He's, uh, I've read his biography and I've been encouraged by his life a lot. Something just about the time we spend in prayer that I've been encouraged with. Um, he said, it says in his biography, it says, we couldn't have prayed, it's just talking about continuing in their prayers together for time. It says, we couldn't have prayed in the first week for those little islands and countries you have to look close to see. I don't think that the amount of time you spend in prayer has much to do with whether God hears you, but I do believe time has something to do with your faith being built up as you pray and as you ask. I think as we pray more, I think our faith is built up. As we see God answer, as we continue to bring forward His promises that He's given us, there's a way that our faith is built, that our um, our courage to ask for God to do things is built up. And I think He wants us to grow just in um, praying more and more. Um, one thing... It's a little different topic, but on it, they were asking some of these men from the 70s that had really just seeing God do a lot through our movement plant a bunch of churches and people are getting saved left and right and they were just kind of giving an account of what God did in the 70's one of these guys that they were talking to is Andy Sanchez he's a pastor in New Mexico now but he's been with our churches for 35 years now something like that and they asked him what was different between then and the 70's and now in our churches and one of the things he said, he said, entertainment. And we didn't have TVs. And we were on track with reaching the world then. He kind of went on to something else, but I was convicted by that. Um, I think, as a family, I can think there's some weeks where we probably spend more time watching TV or listening to sports on the radio or something I like to do than we do in prayer together. Um, and that was just something they were seeing as, as another generation coming up behind them that, you know, I think a lot of people in the 70s, those guys that were around really getting something done for God, they just didn't have time for that stuff. They were, they were praying, they were in the work, and um, like you said, they were really moving and on track with reaching the world. And I was convicted just to be modeling their faith in that. I don't think everyone needs to get up and throw away their TV tonight. But the point is that we need to, to be spending our time on what's good. It's fine to have entertainment, but... We need to be spending time in prayer and in the gospel like Rich talked about last week. Um, a quote I was thinking about this week too is by John Wesley um, who's part of the, the Methodist movement and God did a lot through him in the 1800s just in, in reaching a lot of people for Christ. He said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. God does nothing but an answer to prayer. And I'd agree with that. God's not going to just move and do things for free in our lives and in our church unless we're praying and we're asking things from Him. 
that he can respond to and get the glory. And um, I was just thinking, you know, if God answered every prayer that we prayed in the last month, would that be a good thing? Would the church grow? Would it, people be getting saved left and right? Would we have to do a church plant in a month? Or would nothing happen? I think there's some weeks where I could say either, um, you know, if it's beside that everything we prayed got answered, not much is happening, we need to, to bump it up a notch. You know your prayer life, what you've been praying before God, but um, let's be a church that's asking of Him. Let's be a church that's um, bringing things to Him in prayer and looking for Him to work. I know uh, our heritage is of the people that prayed a lot. Um, the people in the 70s were praying for the lost. They were praying for churches to expand. They were praying for pastors. They were praying that a generation would come up behind them that would do greater works than they did, that would carry the torch, that would be reaching this world. Um, in a lot of ways, they've reached one generation. Are we going to carry that torch of continuing to pray? I think that's something God's putting before us, even to grow in. I know it's something as, as pastors we've talked about. Is there a way to even add prayer times? We may think about that down the road. Um, just to grow as a church that's, uh, that's really praying, that's committed to it together, um, and just see what God does. Obviously, there's so many prayers that's been answered this week, even. It's exciting to see a mission team and, and the, the team in Asia, like we talked about. But let's continue, let's continue to ask God and um, see, what, see what He wants to do for us. Uh, when we put uh, His name on the line and, and we put Him there, I think there's a lot He wants to do for our church if we come forward and ask and ask Him to bless us on this mission we're on. That's, that's about it for today. Just an encouragement to pray and think about even praying about our next generation and, and how to pass on the gospel. But um, Jeff's going to share next week and kind of finish up our, our series here just on some vision of the firehouse. And, and he might share a little bit just about where we're going and some things we're going to need to see God do in the next few years here um, to see what we want to see God do in our church. So I encourage you to come back and just be ready to hear from from God through Him next week. But why don't we pray and we'll be on our way. God, we thank You for today. We thank You for again for this church. God, we, we just pray that You grow us in our prayer life, God. I pray You'd help us be um, men and women that God, pray when we're alone. We pray when it's not seen. We pray when there's no earthly reward from it. Sometimes it seems foolish in our own flesh to get up early and, and to seek you God that's the example you gave us your son would get up before the before the day even started and get alone and pray I pray we'd take on that um, same lifestyle being men and women in prayer let us grow in asking you let us grow in united in prayer um, God I pray that you'd just make our prayer meetings more and more vibrant as we seek you more and God we just bring our own prayer lives together in it so that we can agree just give us a common language in our prayers and help us agree. And we just ask that you continue to bless and, and bow on this church. And God, even help us just win with passing on just the gospel to the next generation. Um, God, we pray you'd help us with that. And you'd encourage us uh, to continue working hard and working hard in the gospel. But we thank you for today. And uh, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, well, thank you. We will see you again next week.